Well, the text of scripture that I'll be preaching on today is the gospel reading from Matthew chapter 12. You are going to notice in the coming weeks and months that I'm going to start skipping through Matthew. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell if that's like a sad awe or a, oh, finally. Um, I'm scared to make any public commitments at this point. But my goal is <laughs> to wrap things up. Um, part of what I've been praying about recently is maybe by September or maybe sooner, I don't know, um, that maybe we would begin a study of the book of Acts together, um, which is uh, a partner uh, to the Gospel of Matthew. And so it's a beautiful continuation. And I think there's a lot going on in our world and I think in the next stages of our church that would really benefit from eating of that book of the Bible. So I'm praying about that. You can pray about that. You can even let me know your opinion on that. Um, and we can see if it feels good to us and the Holy Spirit to consider doing that. Now, today is a special Sunday because a couple of reasons. One is it's New Members Sunday, so we're going to welcome some new members today. We actually have 15 new members, um, which we're going to introduce to you now. Um, and there's more kind of in the queue of people who are processing that and preparing for that. So we probably won't do it once a year. We'll probably do it um, every few months as people are ready for that. There's a few people who couldn't be here today, so we might do another one in a few weeks. Um, but I thought this text of scripture just fits so well, both with um, our new members, but also with our AGM coming up after our service today. So let me just read it again, just so it's fresh. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, Jesus' mother and his brothers stood outside, asking to speak with him. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Isn't that a big statement by Jesus? Okay, so Jesus' ministry is, is going crazy. Lots of people, lots of um, busyness and all this stuff is going on. In other Gospels, this conversation is kind of set up as Jesus' mother and brothers coming to Jesus to say, dude, we think you're crazy. Okay, so Matthew doesn't come at it from that viewpoint. Here, Matthew kind of gives it more as his mother and brothers want his attention and want time to talk to him. And Jesus' response in that moment is to go, who is my mother? Who is my brother? And that's, a jarring statement, especially now in our individualistic, modern times, we're kind of more keen on that. This idea of like, I'm my own person, right? My family does not define me. It's a stronger kind of dynamic today. But in a traditional Jewish culture, this is a massive statement. This is an offensive statement for Jesus to say that. He's essentially saying, who are my real family? Who are my people? And then the gesture, stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here is my mother and my brothers. 
Because whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Essentially, Jesus is saying those who hear the vision of my Father, those who see the way of its completion through me, those are my family. Those who give, myself, give themselves to my Father and to his kingdom, those are my people. Now, does this negate Jesus' love and commitment, save for his mother? What are some of Jesus' last words on the cross before he gives up his spirit and dies? It's concern for who? His mother, right? He entrusts her to John, the apostle, and says, she's now your mother and you are now her son. You care for her, right? So, does Jesus have deep love and care and commitment towards his biological family members? Absolutely. But there's a greater reality, an eternal reality, which Jesus is pointing to to say, we have something more than just what we see in this world. We have something bigger, something broader, something that's going to even last longer. And it's a different definition of family than the one that we most naturally think of. This definition of family is saying all those who are in me, all those who are caught up into the love of the Father are mothers, fathers, brothers, and sisters to each other. And this is the traditional language of the church, isn't it? This is what we hear in all the thousands of years of the church is this language of brother, sister, mother, father. Now, I have adopted the language of saying brother and sister more because it sounds casual. But if I was in the southern states, they'd be like, that's just Christian talk. Hey, brother. Good to see you, brother. Right? But that's where it's kind of this, this cultural piece of Christianity. And as cheesy as it might sound and as weird as it might sound, there's actually true deep meaning behind it. Where we go, I am committed to you. I'm pledged to you. I'm tied to you. I'm part of you and you're part of me. Now, in our individualistic age, that idea of the church kind of freaks people out. And more and more and more, we're lessening our commitment levels to church and just saying, I attend. I'm kind of part of it. I like that church. But am I in? Am I a member? People get freaked out by this kind of language. I think partially because it's been misused. Who's been a part of a church where that those kind of member expectations felt like pressure, right? Felt like pain, felt like complication. So there's good reasons for our hesitation and the fact that we've been through some hard things. But also we're losing some of the beauty of deeper connection. So here's how we explain it to our new members when they're discerning. We did a a brief Zoom gathering this week with our new members, to talk about kind of the essentials of what church membership is for us. Now, the first is this. It's really just about our union with Christ. And this is important because I think at some points throughout Christian history, being a member of the church was more like being a member of the Lions Club. Right? Or being a member of the Rotary or something like that. All the millennials are like, what's the Rotary? (laughs) what's a lion's club but 
It's not just a social club or a social connection. It's about having union with Jesus, where what is true about Jesus is true about me. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? That's the fundamental of the gospel. Who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished is true about me. His righteousness, his goodness, his love, I could make a very long list, is true of you and true of me. Given by grace. And because we're united to Jesus, guess what? Jesus is also united to some other people. And so that's, that's the reality of it. So maybe Jeffrey and I are having a big fight. But guess what? Both me and Jeffrey have a common denominator and we can't get rid of each other. What's that common denominator? Jesus. So because of our love and devotion to Jesus, we actually have love and devotion for each other. We have each other. And so this is at the heart of membership, is this idea of going, no, I'm fully in with Jesus. And that makes me, because I love and because I trust Jesus, fully in with you. And you with me. And that's, that's the fundamental building block of our union. The next piece is that we're devoted followers of Jesus. That we are actually actively seeking to grow with Jesus. Not just attend on a Sunday, but we want, we're, we're going somewhere. And that somewhere is more and more in the image of Jesus. So in Christ Church, we don't just show up for an event. We're committed to growth and discipleship, to learning to change, to transformation, and to more of the goodness of Jesus. Who's satisfied with the amount of goodness of Jesus they have? And who wants more? I want more. I never want to be done wanting more. Amen? And so that's what this community is. We are following. We're moving. We're going with Jesus. That's why if you were to go away for even six months, maybe you're a snowbird, or maybe you go abroad for a year and come back, this shouldn't feel and look the same as last time. Because we're still moving following Jesus. The third thing is, is that we then lovingly live in friendship and community. That we actually see the community piece, the friendship piece, with people we normally wouldn't choose, normally wouldn't have affinities with, normally wouldn't feel at home with, but because we have Jesus, we actually go, you are my people, which is crazy, because I never would have picked you. Right? Just like you say about me. You, just, you look at me and you're like, I can't believe I, I came to like that guy. But it's, it's that Jesus component that does that. And then the relationships themselves become part of the growing experience. Here's a way to think about it. You are going to have conflict with other people no matter what. Is that fair? Out in this world whether it's at work, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's at quality foods or the soccer field or the softball game, you're going to end up in spaces of conflict. Church is meant to be the place where you learn to do that well with people who are safe. You hear me? Because we've all got our family backgrounds with their unique styles of conflict. Healthy, unhealthy, quirky, outright bad. 
We've all got those places we came from that was like, my family was good at this and not good at this. In the way of Jesus and in the community of Jesus, we're meant to grow into his family dynamic of how to do conflict well. And so what we need is we need people who are safe enough with, higher, with values that they hold higher than even their feelings sometimes. So we can together work out healthy conflict. So the goal, say, of our AGMs, our annual general meeting, where we talk about our budget and our finances. Now you all know, historically, no conflicts ever happen when you talk about money. Right? Everybody sees things exactly the same way. Everyone's on the same page, right? Nah. Never. Never. Even in a normal household. You're always fighting about priorities, right? The AGM within the church is meant to be a space where we get to model the way of Jesus even in uncomfortable conversations. So typically what we like to do is say, even if you're not a member, you should come today and just see what it's like. See if what we preach here, if what we commit to in the creed is lived out when we talk about these hard things. Now today we couldn't do that because they put us in the small room. And that would just create too much conflict. So we, we had to keep it to just members today. But that's our heart normally, is to be able to say, come see. See if we're living it out. See if you hear love in the conflict. See if you hear grace in the disagreements. See if you hear patience in the confusion. Now, it's a lofty bar, isn't it? But we're inching our way towards it as followers of Jesus. The next thing then is this commitment to go. The vision of Christ's church not only resonates with me when I hear about the five priorities, the five S's of Christ's church. When I hear those things, I know that is the kind of church I want to be a part of. That the vision is bigger than our reality. It makes us want more than what we've had. It makes us want to rise up to the glory of the vision. And with that comes this desire and conviction to say, I've been a part of church and it's been beautiful and I see the vision of what it could be and I share that vision as my vision. That's what what we're looking for. Is that we each share this passion to say, we want Christ's church to be worthy of bearing, bearing the name of Christ. I'll be honest, it's risky to call it Christ Church because it sure better look like it. Sure better feel like it. Sure better act like Him. Shouldn't it? But I love that name because it makes us go, not my standards, not my opinions, not my desires, Christ. Right? So that vision calls us up and resonates with each one of us, which leads us to then commit to it. Commit to building Christ's church. Where we give ourselves for it, not just our energies, but also our generosity. We give our tithes, we give our alms to the poor because we want to be a part of building something beautiful in a dark world. And not just say it, but do it. Invest ourselves and take the risk. And I'll be honest with you, building this church is a risk. This vision is risky. 
I feel that all the time. I'm just like, can, we, can this be possible, Jesus? Can you actually do this? Can we have the kind of health that you put forward as your heart for us? Is this possible? Do I want to invest so much of my heart? I've got moments where I go, I've invested so much. Am I going to regret that? Do you ever feel that? Where it's just like, I want this thing to work so bad that I'll be, I'm scared if it doesn't. I actually think that's beautiful. I think that's the way relationships are supposed to be. I think that's the way visions are supposed to be. From that place comes a natural commitment, not only to invest in the vision, invest in the church, and the care and the ministry to the poor, but also to join the ministry as an active participant. So the ministry and the mission of Christ's church becomes your ministry and your mission. Freely you've received, now freely you want to give. And moving from just a posture of receiving to one of receiving continually, so we never want you to grow out of dependence on Jesus, need for Jesus. Okay? When we get to communion, for me, I'm as desperate there as anyone else. Okay? I never want to grow out of that. But also moving to a place of like, I'm confident I can receive from Jesus, and now I want to work to be providing with Jesus for the needs of other people. Or you invest your strengths and your passions and your giftings and even your weaknesses in actively carrying the responsibilities of the church, where, you don't, where you, you don't view it as something that's happening to you, you view it as something that you're a part of building. That's the vision. That's what membership looks like in Christ's church. And it's a beautiful opportunity for us in a crazy world to take the risk and believe that, that Jesus is so good He can make church good. Because we live in a time where people are going, I don't think it can be good. I've seen it go bad too many times. And I think what we're starting to see more and more all the time is we're seeing that Jesus works for this. Amen? That Jesus makes the impossible possible. And that Jesus is at work within his church doing this very thing. So today, I want to introduce you to our new members. Excited for that? So let me um, ask them to come forward, and then we'll introduce them to you, and you'll get to hear just a little bit of their story, just enough to make them uncomfortable. Is this enough? This is a lot, isn't it? Okay. You want to start on that side? Sorry, they paid me. They paid me to start on this side. So, uh, I have prepped them with three questions. You don't have to take long 
I'm not going to grill you with more questions or anything like that. You maybe. You know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, and, and it just gives us a chance for, as a congregation, we get to know who you are. We get to hear a bit of your story and what brought you here and why you're sticking around. Because story matters, doesn't it? And the people matter. And we're not just looking for numbers and we're not looking for just placeholders. Each one of these individuals and their kids is a gift to us, aren't they? Okay. So tell us your name. What has Jesus been doing in your life? And what made Christ Church home for you? My name is Lexi Minch, um, and my husband Stephen is also going to be a member. He's just not up here. And what, was <laughs> what, what oh. has Jesus been doing in your life? I can speak for both Stephen and I. I just feel like the Lord is really taking us through a season where we don't have much control in it. Um, yeah, and he's really just growing our faith to have our hands wide open and to just surrender it the harder things to him because he's a trustworthy father. So he's really just been carrying both of us through that, um, which has been a gift. And what made Christ Church home for us? Um, Hillary introduced us to the church and she just invited us to come. So we came and checked it out and really just so quickly felt the Lord just bringing us to a, this new place and just a shift um, and speaking to both of us, saying he has really good things for the two of us here, a part of this church. And we've really seen that be true. So we're very grateful to be here. Thank you, Lexi. And what's your name? <laughs> Hi, I'm Hillary. Um, I don't have any kids. What has Jesus been doing in my life? Um, so I've been a Christian now for two-ish years. Um, and the first year, <clears throat> he very much just like plucked me out of my old life, gave me a new heart and a new life. And um, it was just like me and him in a little bubble. Um, but in this last year, since I've been here at this church, um, he's kind of like released me back into the world. And we've had to walk through life together um, again, but now with him. And so I'm very much learning uh, who he is, but also who he says I am, and walking into that new identity, um, the person that he is forming me into becoming, but not quite yet there. Um, what made Christ Church home for me? I came about a year ago, and I walked in here, and I was like, this looks like my Catholic high school. I'm never coming back. <laughs> Um, and then I heard Ryan talk about demonic oppression, and I was like, I'm home. This is the place for me. <laughs> and I've stuck with it ever since, and I've really appreciated it. Yeah. Thanks, Hillary. It's great to have you. <laughs> Can I sneak in beside you? Yeah. Hi, my friend. Hi, Ryan. Can I introduce us? I surely will, yes. My kids will be thrilled to know that they've avoided being at the front of the church, by the way. I've been teasing them about that all week, and as I think about it now, it's probably justice for them. However, my name is Ian. I'm Amanda. 
and I've been voted as our family spokesperson as well. So in terms of what we've been learning, um, as we and I sort of thought about macro over the last couple of years, we've really been learning about the value of community. Um, we came from a place of congregational uneasiness and challenge, and then as you layer that with a global pandemic, the thought had crossed our minds more than once, you know, do we need this? This being the gathering point. Can we do this? And I think the Lord has been teaching us each week about the benefits, both tangible and intangible, of being together, of meeting together, of singing together, of partaking together, of uh, doing life together, as Bonhoeffer would say. So, um, sorry, we have kids as well. Their names are Sophia and Hope. They are 11 and 7. Um, what made church, Christ Church, home for us? I, I think, you know, as we came to attend more often, we saw more explicitly uh, the centrality of Jesus and how each week we have been and continue to be led to that well and offered that drink of spiritual life. And for us, as we thought about a church home, that was our focus, and we were just very pleased and are pleased to know that the centrality of the cross is, is um, paramount here. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a moment there. I thought you were going to take it. Thank you, guys. We're very glad to have you um, and just very honored that you've called this home. And now you two. Well, I'm Marika, and this is Lucas. You'll hear from him in a second. Um, I don't think I can say anything better than what Ian has just said That's about. Cheating. It's cheating. Oh, but I like to <laughs> cheat. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. <laughs> um, we, first of all, our kids. Um, also, our Hudson, he's 11. Karis, who I'm sure if you haven't met her yet, you will. She is our nine-year-old daughter, and she has special needs, autism, and a rare genetic disorder that puts her at about a three, age three, developmental age. So she is this tall, but if you think of her like this tall, then you'll get along a lot better with her. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, and then we have Judah, who's seven. So that's our family in a nutshell. And... Uh, Jesus has been doing a lot. Um, just the last decade and five years even since we moved back to this area where I grew up in Qualicum, um, we're in Arrington now, um, never dreamed that I would raise my own children where essentially I grew up. So in that has been a whole host of different challenges. I would have, I mean, do we ever see them totally coming? Um, but in that, Jesus has done a lot in my heart and reminded me, uh, like Hillary was saying, um, just my identity, that I am his, he is my father, he is everything I need. And then, of course, um, as I tried to cheat by stealing Ian's <laughs> message, but essentially just needing community and what does that look like post-pandemic? What does it look like for our, for our children? Where can we serve and 
um, this is where we wanted to be. So here we are. Oh, yeah, I think I answered the last question. All right, my name's Lucas. My kids' names are the same as Marika's. It's a coincidence, I think. Um, Yeah. Jesus has been teaching me a lot recently, and I think um, it kind of ties into both questions. I'll just answer both. Um, Why I made Christ Church home and why we made it home. Um, For me, it's just been, honestly, the uh, challenge to go deeper. So I'm like a type of guy that likes to keep things very on the surface, and Ryan keeps making me go deeper. So um, that's why I'm here, and that's why we're here. I think um, we feel very safe and um, welcome. So that's my story. Thanks, Lucas. Appreciate it. Can I stay here? Okay, please introduce yourselves and your story. All right. Um, I'm Essie, um, husband Carlos, and our kids are Paisley and Noah. Um, what has Jesus been doing in your life? Currently, um, the most recent thing that Jesus has been working in my life has just been kind of exposing different areas of my heart that just needed deep healing that I don't even know if I knew needed healing. Um, and so that's been a really beautiful process and a beautiful journey that I've been going through with um, just deepening that relationship and, and Jesus just revealing his um, trustworthiness and his safety. And yeah, it's just been a beautiful process. Um, and what made Christ Church home for you? Honestly, your sermons were the thing that initially just kept us coming back. We were just like, oh, it was just like a breath of fresh air every sermon, every Sunday. Um, but what made it home, honestly, was probably the community and just that this whole place felt like one big family that I just really wanted to be a part of. Um, so, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I wrote mine down because I knew I'd forget. <laughs> just one moment. All right. <clears throat> so, yes, I'm Carlos. I see his husband and we have the two kids. Um, so, lately, uh, in this kind of time that we've been here at Christ Church, and not too long before that, God's been really reforming my understanding of who He is as my Father and like what a relationship with Jesus actually looks like and how basically all of my everything in life... Um, needs to come from Jesus. And uh, this also happens to be one of the biggest reasons why I feel this church is where God wants me to be. Um, Christ Church has continuously helped me understand uh, why a new, or why a life anew in Jesus works and makes sense. Um, I spent most of my life in church communities, uh, ever since I can remember, and, you know, I've learned for many years, you know, what a Christian life is supposed to look like um, and whatnot, but there's always been this huge gap with instruction of how to really get there and, like, what it takes. And um, uh, Christ Church, through God's grace, is filling this gap that I've been searching for for a very, very long time. Um, 
So on top of that, uh, I also have felt very, very welcomed here and loved here um, within this little church family. Um, and as Essie said, for myself as well, Christ Church has just been a really, really long needed breath of fresh air. And uh, yeah, I've had a searching heart and I really feel like this is where God has brought me to find what I'm searching for. Yeah. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks, Essie. All right, you're up. Your turn. All right. Um, I'm Tim, and this is my wife, Julia. Um, w- yeah, we have no kids right now. And let's see, I'll start at number three. So we found Christ Church um, through Hillary. That's a very common theme. Um, yeah, she was continually just like, uh, inviting us out and saying how amazing uh, this church is and just like the growth she's uh, had and has been having and with us serving at a different church at the uh, at our last season we just couldn't um, find a Sunday to like line up and then it just happened that we could we could come and make it and um, yeah it was in that I think um, that Sunday that it just started to like kind of set in like how fed we felt um, just, yeah, with, um, like, Ryan sharing into, I think, what was, like, almost like reading our mail into our, like, season where we're at, and, yeah, it was just, like, a very, um, like, oh, wow, this, like, it's, like, speaking to our humanity, or at least I felt for myself, and I'm, like, this is, this was really good, and it kind of led us on this path of, like, all right, let's see what, um, yeah, let's, like, pray into this and see, and, come September and meeting with Ryan, we, yeah, wanted to make this decision to come here and, and, yeah, just love the community, the size. It just really feels so loving and, um, yeah, just feeling really cared for. Um, yeah, so that's how we came to um, uh, come to Christ Church. And I think for me, for what Jesus has been doing in my life, I think even just um, joining um, the pilgrimage, just um, this season has really been showing me how there's ways that I like choose to do my own life, but doesn't wouldn't have, like brought alarms to like how I would have like related to Jesus. But actually seeing that there's like a better way and how I can invite Jesus into walking out um, my journey with Him, and that has been just like a huge blessing to kind of see that and that I don't need to do things in my own strength. And I'm like learning to give, um, yeah, give him that place and let him um, fight my battles and just, like, lead lead me as as I go through daily life. And, yeah, so it's been a huge blessing, and me and Julia just love Ryan and Jackie and, and the whole congregation that we've um, been so lovingly met by, and, yeah, excited for what's to come. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. I'm Julia, and Tim forgot about our cat, Tuna. So, yeah, I, I debated it. It's, it's a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, also came because of Hillary, and um, there were a few of us that came from our previous church, and I remember Hillary saying that she came here, really loved it, and I remember thinking, I love that for you. Um, I won't be coming. But <laughs> I think it's been a season of... Um, Tim and I were like fairly involved at our previous church and I would say like content 
um, but also would talk about having like specific desires um, for discipleship and and things like that. And uh, I think in the process of us like slowly coming around and then coming to church and being like, oh, this is a good time. Um, <laughs> I think the five minutes of reflection before I came up here to talk was just like seeing the Lord's faithfulness in um, recognizing the desires uh, of our walk with him um, for depth and discipleship in our previous season, um, seeing those desires and calling them good, and then bringing us to a place where um, he wants to meet those needs. And so um, shortly before we came, I remember we had a discussion just about, I was like, I don't want um, to be in a place where where my roots go out before they, or like grow out before they grow down. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's been our experience here. We've really appreciated it. I think it's helped me um, learn more about myself and how I connect with the Lord. And... Um, yeah, just feel like there's a place for the way that he made me without me having to fit into a place that's <laughs> um, less natural for me. So that's been very healing. That's great, Julia. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Julia. Marie, I told them your name already, so that's the hard part. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Marie, and I am glad to be able to uh, come here and worship every Sunday. And uh, I met a few gentle ladies that like to help me out. Thank you so much. Thanks, Marie. You're such a gift to us. We love having you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Uh, so I'm Corey, and this is Elisa. Um, just going to be honest, uh, it's a lot easier to sing into a mic for me than to speak into a mic. I don't know what it is. Like, having to think and talk into this ice cream cone is... Uh, uh, yeah, another honesty point is we actually missed the Zoom meeting and uh, we didn't know that we were going to have to talk. So, uh, Elisa, Elisa and I were freaking out. We're like, what are we going to say? Um, I think I'll just say, uh, just, to, just thank you to Ryan just for uh, allowing me to just come back in a comfortable um, way. I might cry a little here because this has been uh, something I've been thinking about a long time, but... Um, yeah, I just I had this picture uh, early on. Um, Ryan and our circles kind of came close. We almost met each other back in the day. Um, we, we had some common themes and things happen, and Ryan's really helped uh, me personally to kind of get through these uh, these things. Like I've had some major trust, you know, broken in my life, and so um, it's been a very cold desert kind of locked up scenario for myself. Um, obviously, I used to play a lot of music uh, in our last community, and that went dead for about six years or so, five, six years, and um, music became this kind of, uh, this cringy, sort of disgusting thing to me that I couldn't go to. And just through pilgrimage, shameless plug for pilgrimage, is uh, what it is is we meet um, every Sunday, not today, but because of the AGM, but, um, and we, we go through just uh, the, the, like Christ and his journey and how we can get closer to him and 
and Ryan and Jackie do a beautiful job of of giving you hard things to think about in in a in a gentle way. And sometimes you you don't maybe you don't feel like you go to the depths that you feel you ought to or you can't get there, but um it's just been the it's a, a presentation of of hard things and you have to wrestle with them. And then by the end of it you you realize that you've you've warmed and you've come closer to Christ by wrestling with these things and that's just been kind of I've been I'm going through it for the second time. And um I just want to encourage anybody who's been thinking about pilgrimage in the way um it's just it's an excellent way to connect um and really plug into this community and it's been really just uh helpful for me um uh to come back. And I had a picture I I'll I'll cut it off here um but I had a picture before um coming to this church I was I saw a fire, and forgive me uh, if I'm not um, painting this beautifully, but there's a fire in the wilderness, and just picture a West Coast cold, misty, dark night, and there's a fire in the distance. And I was, I've just been in the desert for so long, and I just, you just see this warmth, and then there's this, there's this person, this being. I won't tell you who it is standing by the fire and he's he's not saying anything but you just feel this warmth to come back and that was that was the initial picture that I got um when I started coming here and I was like that was scary cuz <laughs> I didn't I don't trust anybody or didn't trust anybody and um I just thought I would share that so this is Elisa. I'm Corey. We've been here for a while now, and we just uh, we love it here. We love we love um, growing, and yeah, just being being present here and allowing and healing because ultimately that I feel that is that is happening. There's a thawing, and it feels good. And I'm just appreciative of you, Ryan, and everybody here to allow us to to heal. Thank you. Thanks, Corey. I'm not going to ask you to share. Do it. Can you just tell us your kids' names? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have three kids. Alex is nine, Zach is seven, and Brooke is five. And they're lovely. You should meet them. Last but not least. Um, my name is Leanne. My husband, Craig, is away in Alberta working, so he's very happy that he's not here and he didn't have to speak. <laughs> Um, We have two kids, and they happen to be here this morning. They're grown adults, Joel and Isabella, Um, so I'm happy that they're here this morning. Um, A couple of years ago, thank you, Corey, for breaking the ice and getting a little emotional, because I probably will get emotional as I speak. Um, I was quite sick, um, and um, a friend gave me a verse, um, be still and know that I am God, and that was a really confusing verse for me because I didn't know how to be still. And so for the past few years, um, God has been teaching me that in some really difficult ways. Um, And through that time, um, I've also been unlearning a lot of things, and pilgrimage has been helping with that too. So there are some things that I've learned um, through my, I've been a Christian my whole life, and 
some things that I've learned that I thought were biblical that actually weren't. And um, so just sort of unlearning some things um, has been, that's been that season of unlearning, actually. Um, and through that, um, really learning to trust God um, and what that means. Um, so I'm really thankful for pilgrimage. Um, so I hope this makes sense. Um, what we weren't looking for in a church was a mega church. So we were not looking for um, a place that was distracting. So we were looking for a church that was confident enough in Jesus and scripture that they didn't have to add all of the extras. And um, so, and really like to be relevant. So not all the extra things that needed to be added to be relevant. So we were really looking for less distraction. The world is full of distractions right now, and we really just wanted truth and um, and just to look upwards and to Jesus. Um, but we still wanted a church that was relevant. So checked out the website, checked out Instagram, um, and <laughs> made sure there was a podcast available. Um, and for us, relevance also meant that the church was being led with humility, honesty, integrity, transparency, and that um, the leaders created a safe space. Um, and we found that here. Um, we also weren't looking for a place that we aligned with everybody. We weren't looking for a place that we aligned with politically, and other, you know, other things like that. We didn't want to look like everybody else. We didn't want to talk like everybody else, sound like everybody else. But we were looking for a place that was filled with people that wanted to learn and walk the way of Jesus. And we found that here. Um, we also were looking for a place that would meet us in our brokenness because when we came here, we were very broken. And um, so, thank you. Um, I could do this all day, eh? I think just the beauty of story um, and the centrality of Jesus in each one. Um, I think there's just much to celebrate. So, for us... As a parish, what we're doing is we are welcoming them into us. And that we are giving ourselves to them, not just requiring them to give themselves to us. And so, if you're comfortable with it, even if you're new today, even if you're not a member, would you please stand with me and we'll pray for them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for each one of these unique stories and the people that we have got to hear from today. And we see them as your beloved children in whom in Jesus you are well pleased. And we are humbled as members of your church to receive them as the gift that they are. That Jesus, we view 
each one of them as a mark of your generosity towards us. That you would give us such friends, such family, with such intentionality and depth of heart. And so, Lord, we receive them as the gift that they are from you. And in return, we offer ourselves to them as friends, as fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, that we give ourselves to them that their needs would become ours to meet, that their hardships would become our griefs, that their strengths would become what we celebrate, that in their highs and their lows, we give ourselves, we bind ourselves to them as we are bound to Jesus together. And so, Lord, we welcome them in their gifts, in their passions, in their dreams, and their callings, that we would seek to lift them up and empower them to function in all of the things that you have called them to. We will not hold them back or hold them down. We will lift them up and we will celebrate them. And so, Lord, as they make this home, we ask that your grace would be poured upon them mightily, that you would overwhelm them with your goodness, and that it would feel like a homecoming for them and for many years to come as we build your church together. So we pray this in the name of Jesus. And all of Christ's church said,